Good afternoon from the racing capital of the world, Speedway, Indiana. My name is Nick Sturgeon, your host. Thank you for listening to episode 52 of the Cyber.Now podcast, the top spot for learning about tech, cybersecurity, politics, and policy. I want to thank our show sponsor, Delta Research. I cannot thank them enough for their support. I also want to thank all of you who are listening to this episode right now for taking time out of your day. Time is the one resource that we do not get back and are not guaranteed. I really appreciate you spending that valuable resource on this podcast. All right, I know it's been a couple weeks since my last episode. Life has been extremely crazy. So here's a little bit of all that has gone on since the last episode. First and foremost, the big change that I mentioned a couple of, or actually the last episode a couple weeks ago, was I started a new job. An opportunity came up towards the end of March that would mean, if I got it, and, and obviously I did take it, would mean no more traveling. It would mean being home every night, working in my hometown and working in an industry that I know I can have an impact when it comes to cybersecurity. So this coming week, starting tomorrow, will be week number three for me. The transition into this new role has been one of the smoothest that I've had in a while. It, there are some bumps in the road, but that's expected. But from day one, walking in, I felt a sense of comfort, like I was coming home versus coming into a new and unfamiliar place. I'm really, really excited about this position, and I'm working on behalf of two great organizations with some really smart and talented people. And again, I get to have an immediate impact to the organization. The second big thing that has happened is my oldest daughter graduated from high school. The family was busy with their graduation ceremony, open house, and all of the things that come along with having a kid graduate. So needless to say, things have been crazy around this household, and unfortunately, the podcast has had to take a little bit of a backseat. But never fear, I am back, I am here for another great episode. All right, for those of you who are first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. It is my goal to keep you coming around week in and week out. If you are a returning listener, your continued support is very much appreciated. Outside of listening, I ask only a couple of simple things. If you find this show's valuable, I ask that you share this show with your network, subscribe, rate, review, and go sign up for my mailing list at cybernowpod.com for the latest news, insights, and behind-the-scenes information. All right, we're going to jump right into it, get into the meat of what I want to discuss this week. And it actually goes back a week or so ago, I came across a post from FireEye. At first, I thought this was a joke or an article from The Onion. And if you're not familiar with The Onion, they do a lot of satire. And unfortunately, after looking through this post, I really 
and quickly realized that it wasn't a joke. In fact, it's 100% completely real. So what, what was that post? What was it about? Well, here's what happened. FireEye announced that the keynote for their 2019 Cyber Defense Summit that is happening this October 9th and 10th in Washington, D.C., in this keynote announcement or keynote speaker announcement, really, once I tell you who it is, you'll be thinking, what? You can't be serious that this person is actually going to be talking about and talking to cybersecurity professionals about cybersecurity. So let me step back for a second. For those of you not in the cyber world, FireEye is a very well-known and well-respected cybersecurity company. They sell software, they have advisory services, and they are used by some of the biggest and some of the major companies and governments in the world. And on top of that, their incident response team is one of the most highly respected groups in the world. Now, for full transparency, I've used their products. I have worked with some of the people that work for FireEye. Though I've not been to this particular conference and really can't say if the conference is good nor bad, generally I've held them in very high regards. Well, that is until this post and who they are bringing in to be this year's Summit's keynote speaker. That person is none other than former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Now, before you make any judgments, my position has nothing to do with her politics. This really has to do with the fact that she is absolutely the worst person to talk to cybersecurity professionals about cybersecurity. Now, you're probably asking yourself, why is that? Why is she the absolute worst person? Well, if you don't know and if you don't remember, towards the end of Obama's term, news broke that Hillary had a private email server, again, while she was Secretary of State. And you may be asking yourself, well, why is it bad that she had a private email server? Well, lots of people have private email servers. Well, in this case, this private email server was to circumvent all of the Department of State, Department of Defense, and the federal government's rules and controls on classified information. Now, if you go look at WikiLeaks, there were some, in quote, 50,000 547 pages of documents that were on this server owned by Hillary that spanned from the time that she was there from 30 June 2010 to 12 August 2014. More so, there were about 7,570 of these documents that were actually sent by Hillary during that same time span. Now, these documents were Department of State documents, some classified, potentially all the way up to top secret and uh, maybe TSSCI, secret, confidential. And as it was discovered through a FISA request and through the FBI investigation, there were, again, multiple classified documents stored and or sent through this email server. 
this is or was an absolute egregious violation of 18 U.S. Code 1924 and 18 U.S. Code 798. And that has to do with unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents or material. Now, 18 U.S.C. 1924 states, A, whomever being an officer, employee, contractor, or consultant of the United States and by virtue of his office, employment, position, or contract becomes possessed of documents or materials containing classified information of the United States knowingly removes such documents or materials without authority and with the intent to retain such documents or materials at an unauthorized location shall be fined under this title or imprisoned for not more than five years or both. B. For purposes of this section, the provision of documents and materials to the Congress shall not constitute an offense under subsection 8. C. In this section, the term classified information of the United States means information originated, owned, or possessed by the U.S. government concerning national defense or foreign relations to the United States that has been determined pursuant to the law or executive order to require protection against unauthorized disclosures or disclosures in the interest of national security. And 18 U.S.C. 79 is the U.S. Code Crimes and Criminal Procedures for Disclosure of Classified Information. Now, there have been many, many news stories and articles and blogs and people discussing this incident, and it's more than what I could cover on multiple shows. But I wanted to lay that out there for you guys. Because, again, having the server, and having this classified information on it, absolutely a violation of federal law. Now, one of the articles that I will talk about here is from Fox News, and this was published December 7th, and I'm, I'm sorry I'm not for sure the year because it's not on the webpage, but it was by Dom Galicio, and it says, Judge rules for more fact-finding into Clinton's email use. Federal Judge Royce Lamberth says Judicial Watch should be allowed to demand documents and additional testimonies into whether Hillary Clinton's use of private email system was a deliberate effort to thwart the Freedom of Information Act. And all right, so get into the actual article here. A conservative group won a court victory this week when a federal judge ordered more fact-finding into the Hillary Clinton email investigation. In his ruling Thursday, U.S. District Court, uh, court Judge Royce Lambert assailed Clinton's use of a private email server while Secretary of State as, quote, one of the gravest modern offenses to government transparency. Conservative group Judicial Watch had filed a Freedom of Information Act or FOIA lawsuit against the state and Justice Departments alleging that Clinton's email practices represented a deliberate effort to violate the FOIA uh, or violate the FOIA or Freedom of Information Act. On Friday, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton pa praised Lambert's ruling, telling Fox News it showed the court was not, quote, ter not terribly convinced that former FBI Director James Comey adequately investigated Clinton's use of the private server while Secretary of State from 2009 to 2013. 
As a result, the judge ruling, quote, some people like Miss Clinton potentially will have to answer further questions, end quote, Fenton said. On Thursday, Lambert ordered the state, de- state and Justice Departments to work with Judicial Watch on a discovery plan to determine whether Clinton used the server to circumvent FOIA requirements, The Hill reported. President Trump and the Republicans have repeatedly slammed Clinton's use of a private email server, arguing that part of the practice potentially placed classified government information at risk. Government or Clinton was found to have deleted emails that she said were personal and not related to her State Department work. Comey announced during the 2016 presidential campaign that Clinton's handling of emails was, quote, extremely careless, but did not warrant criminal charges. Well, as we talked about and covered in the uh, two different parts of uh, the federal uh, regulation, she absolutely should have faced criminal charges for this act that she did. Again, just my opinion. But when we're talking about this cybersecurity conference, there's a ton wrong here. A security professional, someone who's mindful of cybersecurity, would know not to break these rules, intentionally or unintentionally, whatever the case may be. They would have wanted to make sure that the information, especially some of the nation's highest sensitive information, was to be as secure as possible. And bringing it in to a home private email server that was found, at least in some of the investigations I've read about, I've read about, were not secure. And I remember hearing either testimony or uh, comments that it's very likely that her email or this email server was compromised by one or more foreign nation states. But let's bring it back a little bit full circle to this FireEye social media post. Which, by the way, if you want to see my social media post, the show's social media post, you can go to facebook.com slash cybernowpod and join the open and closed Facebook groups. Or you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at cybernowpod because I've already discussed this on the social media platforms at least in very short kind of high-level terms, and then talked about this on my social media platform. So I really suggest you guys go sign up, get involved in those conversations. Now, in my mind, there is really only one, and, and it's very small sliver type of sane and logical reason she would be the right person to give a keynote on or at this cybersecurity conference or any other cybersecurity conference, and that would be on what not to do. Let me repeat that. That would be on what not to do. But anything other than that, it's just a joke. By having this server, an unsecure server, which again, by all the accounts that I can recall, were unsecure, was a violation of federal law as soon as she put the first piece of sensitive or classified information on it. Not only that, as the Fox News article was stating, 
it was done to circumvent Freedom of Information Act requests, which from any ethical security mindset, just it, it completely goes against those standards. By having the server being unsecured and having sensitive and classified information on it, those two things alone are enough to make her an untrustworthy and uncredible speaker. Again, in my uh, personal opinion, I'm really extremely disappointed in fire eye selection of former Secretary of State Clinton. In my mind, this has to be a move that they think will bring more people into their conference. Because of her past actions, there is no credible or logical or sane reason to bring her in to speak to some of the best industry speaker or cybersecurity folks that will probably be in attendance because of where it's being at. I'm sure there's going to be some really top-notch cybersecurity folks there. In my opinion, anyone in the cybersecurity world that thinks that Hillary is a good choice to be a keynote speaker is someone you should not be taking cybersecurity advice from, recommendations from, and or buying services or products from. You just should not hold those type of people as credible cybersecurity professionals. And my response as being unfavorable to, to FireEye's choice isn't the only one. And I mean <laughs> many, and I mean many of the responses that I have seen about this announcement have been roasting FireEye. Put them on a spit because they are just roasted. I know it's not really a good pun, and I apologize about it. And some may say, well, no press is bad press. But I have to imagine that the reputational damage that has been done to fire I has been pretty large. Now, if you are a security or cybersecurity professional that thinks this was a good choice, I am sorry, but I'm speaking to you and I'm calling you out. There is simply no good explanation that justifies Hillary being a credible cybersecurity speaker. There's got to be another motivation for why FireEye would say, hey, this is a good idea. <laughs> just to, to take this in, in light just a little bit more, on Twitter, I saw comparisons of this situation to Casey Anthony being the keynote speaker at a child care conference and one that said Bill, uh, that compared this to Bill Clinton on loyalty. I know of a hundred other people that would have been much more deserving, that are much more knowledgeable, and just would have been a better keynote speaker than her. I will admit, I'm not a fan of her politics, policies, or her personality. I think her and her husband are some of the most despicable people on the planet. I think she is shady as hell and should be in jail for breaking the law. There have been others that have violated this law under much less blatant circumstances that have gotten federal prison time, and yet she's out there walking free. And the other thing I just want to make sure is clear, that the law doesn't just include that a person knowingly or intentionally disclosed or, excuse me, intentionally disclosed 
classified information. It's just a matter of fact that it happened, that a person disclosed classified information in an unauthorized manner. Now, FireEye, I'm speaking to you. I'm really disappointed in your choice here. And the last thing I will say on this, well, I'm not going to say it. This is going to be from Chris Carter of ESPN. Come on, man. I mean, come on, man. Come on, man. You're making money. Come on. I mean, come on, man. Come on. Yeah. Come on, FireEye. What the heck are you guys doing? Well, that's it for this week's show, you guys. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks again to our sponsor, Delta Research, for supporting the show. Again, if you want to join in on the conversation, go to the show's webpage at cybernowpod.com. Hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. If you want to get a hold of me directly, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Polititech or email me at nick at the Finally, if you think this show is worthy, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, or your favorite podcasting platform to subscribe, rate, review, and don't forget to share the show. If you guys do all of that, I promise I will be back again to do this thing once more. Until then, have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.